Hello again, it's been a while since the last podcast and I've been desperate to get back recording and I finally have. The other week, on the sunniest day of the year, I caught up with a guy who has built an incredible business that helps thousands of people from Edinburgh kick back and relax with their colleagues, friends and families each week. Akva at Fountain Bridge hosted Goose and I for this episode and I'm sure you're going to enjoy hearing about his journey. Before we get going, a quick thank you to all the staff at Akva for allowing us the space and time to record. So here it is, it's Andrew Wellgoose, founder of Goose's Quizzes. Okay, so not done a podcast for a while, um, but here we are uh, on what is the nicest day of the year <laughs> in our shorts um, with Andrew Wildgoose, aka Goose, <laughs> who owns Goose's Quizzes. So Andrew slash Goose, can you introduce yourself and tell us a wee bit about what you do? So yeah, I'm Goose, or everyone calls me Goose. Um, I run a pub quiz company called Goose's Quizzes, egotistically, which I wish I hadn't called it in the first place, but you know, it's called Goose's Quizzes. Um, we run quizzes all over Edinburgh for uh, pub quizzes. We do regular weekly quizzes at around about sort of 35 a week at the moment. And then also quite a few corporate things for some sort of banks and lawyers and accountants, and then quite a lot of charity events a week as well. Um, we write all the quizzes, spend all our time kind of coming up with interesting facts, interesting topics, um, and then run them all as well. So we have about 10 hosts that run all the quizzes around as well. Very nice. Good introduction. Um, so for a bit of background, uh, we met last week and spoke for like four hours. Yeah. Um, so I've been really excited about it. Because um, it was a really fascinating conversation. And I hope that comes across on the, the podcast. Um, so... Um, can you kind of explain a wee bit about your background and then how that led into running a pub quiz company? Yeah, it's, it's, it was a, it's a weird journey, I suppose. A lot of it wasn't really uh, as linear as I, I, I maybe, or people would think it might be. Um, I grew up in Edinburgh, you know, went to the, the nice schools in Edinburgh. Um, I was Harriet's boy, so grew up there. Got some quite, quite a music. <laughs> That was uh, louder than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. someone's uh, giving us some, some proper volume. Yeah. So yeah, um, Sorry, yeah, so I grew up in Edinburgh, went to Harriet's uh, as my school, uh, and then uh, took a gap here, went away to New Zealand for a while, came back. At none of this point I was ever thinking about quizzing. I wasn't, I wasn't like an academic person to go through school. I went to Napier uh, to study product design engineering. So that was my uh, undergrad course, which I found really kind of uh, opened up my eyes a lot more to um, design in a, in a manner and, and a lot more practical design. That was my, my sort of basis. Um, and then at the end of that, I kind of wasn't sure what to do until last last minute sort of joined the master's course and did interaction design master's. And that was in the actual pure design department as opposed to sort of engineering that it was very much based in. So uh, in the undergrad. So for the master's course, I really started to learn a lot more. But throughout my undergrad, I'd been at a bar working away. Uh, and I didn't have time to do that when I was doing what, the Masters. What, what you I was at the Golf Tavern. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and so I worked That's at Golf Yeah, oh, absolutely. I went there for the refurb, and people uh, still, I think, come in now and don't remember it. Like, okay. they remember how they knew it yeah, as a student yeah, yeah, and yeah, not yeah. as it, what it is now. Um, so I worked there for a few years, uh, and then when I started the Masters, I didn't have time to work there anymore, which I was kind of gutted about because I liked all the managers, the staff, you know, we all had a bit of a riot. Um, and so instead, the manager asked if I wanted to start the pub quiz. So this is during the master's year. And I said, yeah, I can do that, no issue. Um, started them on a Wednesday night, and it was rubbish at the start. Like, I did so badly. And everything about it was, I was nervous, and it was also extremely hot upstairs. They had those bar lights that were like, 
you know, like yeah, like the sauna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sauna lights. I yeah. like heater, like heater lamps. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was about maybe four inches from one, in the, the, like the low ceiling upstairs. <laughs> And I would fry for the whole time. And so that wasn't great either, that I was probably the sweatiest quiz host on the planet. <laughs> um, so that sort of started off. And then it was maybe about a few months into doing it, I started looking at what I was learning in my master's course uh, and spoke to the research and ethics lecturer, a girl called Kirsty. Um, and I remember speaking about what I was doing and what I was doing with the master's course and started really looking at applying more of what I was learning from the master's course to what I was doing with the quiz hosting. Um, it was just one quiz a week, and I enjoyed doing it. You know, they gave me three pints, and, and I couldn't really be upset by that. Um, in fact, a lot of the time at the start, it was mostly on pints I was paid, and then, you know... Then, uh, then financial incentives came. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't live my life off, like, you know, famous grabs and things like yeah. that. So, um, it kind of it went from there, and went sort of... I finished my master's, and it was great. I really enjoyed that year. Learned. I, I just so much I, I came away from that. In fact, if I could have done five years of that kind of course, more so the people around that course was, was something that I was really impressed with. You know, the people I was studying with, who I now keep in contact with quite a lot of them, people are doing amazing things in that course. You know, there's type 10 of us or 12 of us that were on that course. Um, those people really helped inform what, what was going on outside that. And, you know, they come to the quizzes every so often. That was yeah. always helpful. Yeah. Um, so then I, I finished that, and I kind of was a bit lost for a while after my, my university. I was a bit kind of, didn't know what I was doing. Um, I started doing some more quizzes. Some other bars had approached me and asked if they do quizzes with them as well. So I th sort of had, I think, about four a week at that point. Uh, so this is back in 2013 or something like that I was, I was doing this. And I don't think there was any pressure from my parents, realistically, or pressure from anyone around me. I think it was more just that I wasn't really doing anything sort of normal with my life. And I felt that pressure, you know. I had a, a few girlfriends. I was like, you know, I couldn't afford dinner and things like that. So I was always a bit like, oh, I probably should figure out what I'm doing in my life. Yeah. So I offered a job and sort of ditched the quizzing, um, which I look back on it now, and it, it probably is the right, it was the right option at the time, I think, to learn, you know, what the world was like. What was the job? Uh, so I worked for a, a philanthropy company okay. uh, helping logistics for a sort of golf tour sure. that was going on. Um, it, was, it was an interesting job. Uh, it was a very tight team. Uh, and I probably didn't fit in the team as well as I could have. <laughs> I think I was quite young and naive about what was the work was going to look yeah. like. Um, and the sort of project ended up falling through, which is a real shame because it was a really cool project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really good fun, um, the, the, the job to some extent. Um, but I realised that I didn't enjoy it that much. I enjoyed parts of it and some of the benefits of it, but I didn't enjoy the actual nature of the work, how mm -hmm. what we were doing and how it was running. Um, and so I learned a lot from that, I think. And I, th I think that's always been my way in life, is that you know, I learn the most from the worst things that are happening, not the best things. You know? I, I make the best lessons from something bad yep. as opposed to yeah. good. You know? So that, for me, is, a, is it was great, actually, that experience it, you know, in the long run. And so I, I was made redundant from that job. Um, and at that point, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was only good at one thing since uni, and it's been quizzing, you know, <laughs> quiz hosting. Um, so I decided that, that was it. You know, I'm going to go for quiz hosting. And uh, I remember speaking to my dad about it, and he, you know, dad's always been one of the guys that's like you know top role model, you know. And uh, I spoke to him. And he's a real sensible guy from the <laughs> from the government, steady hand, you know. And spoke to him when we were sitting at the uh, Scottish Open at Muirfield, and yeah, we had a really serious chat about it. And I remember him saying that I should go for it, you know. And and at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. So I picked up. The four quizzes we still had, um, I had someone doing them, sort of covering them for okay, me okay. when I was working. And yeah, it, it just went strength to strength from there. Um, and it was all because I think when, we, when I started and I started applying the, the masters, sort of what, what I was learning in that interaction mm. design masters, which is sort of user experience yeah, sort, yeah. Of, sort of stuff. Um, what I learned in there and applying it to the course 
And in fact, my, my company at that yeah. point, that's when it started really kicking off. So about 2013, 2014, really kicked off into a sort of serious business. Um, I had a few guys on board, and well, a one guy on board, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then it's just gone from there upwards, and that's, that's been it since then. It's my full-time job pretty much since yeah. then as well. How, um, so you already had a few quizzes on the go. Mm. Um, another week when we met, um, it struck me, strikes me, it hit me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know, what's the phrase for that? I don't know, it's, it's it appeared to me yeah. that, yeah. Um, appeared to me sounds very formal, but it appeared to me that like, um, like a lot of your business uh, kind of experiences are the same as mine, um, especially like kind of earlier doors. If we kind of compare a social media company to a quiz company, um, ultimately the bar or pub that you go to is going to be looking for some sort of return on their investment in you. Yeah. Um, and along, like kind of similarly to social media, um, when you can't particularly measure um, sales and it's more kind of top level stuff and um, obviously a lot of time you can measure sales same with social media mm. um, but sometimes you can't yeah. um, and it takes a while to kind of progress after that initial investment so how did you find getting the first kind of couple of quizzes on board after the first four it, yeah it's, it was a it, it felt like a very daunting task I think at the start it felt very much like I was taking something that was a hobby and sort of fun at the start and then turning that into something that was quite legitimate you know and, and people could you know say this is an actual business you know and I think a lot of that came to, to legitimizing the actual return that, that could be had for the bar and um, you know we've got much better at doing that you know because it's, it's a difficult yeah. thing where it's a sort of oh you'll, you'll get busier and what's busier is it more money or whatever yeah. so we very much focused on spend over the bar okay. um, making sure that and, I, and, and that boiled down to spend per head per person yeah. um, what I think we, we, we sort of quite quickly identified, or what I quickly identified was we need to make ourselves more than just making doing good quizzes, because that's a good thing, but we have to make those quizzes adaptable to the bars to make it work as well as possible for them to spend money in the bar, people to you know buy food, people to, and, and then enjoy it, you know, enjoy yeah. the atmosphere that's created in that bar. Uh, or that venue. I like to say venue. I don't mm, like saying nice, bar. Because okay. some people don't call their things a bar. They call yeah, it a pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. It's kind of more general. Than that. I don't really know the difference in a bar and a pub. People have big that's discussions. That's true. That's a good point, actually. I always kind of assume a, a bar sells a more refined menu. Some people seem to think it's either about cocktails. Yeah, or bars. I, I think that's quite a touching point. But also, but I, I a lot of pubs do that. I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I guess, like, traditionally, yeah, I, well, someone once told me that a bar has to have, you know those resting bars that go oh, okay. like, over the bar and then go along the, the, the ground? Right, yeah. Someone told me that, that ha that's a bar and anything okay. else... No, no, sorry, I think that's a pub. A pub, yeah. yeah. It has, has the like bar, a, the, the okay, thing, like a, a and then a bar doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get it. Okay, so, that yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. Like, something physical that you can say pub. Yeah. Bar. I like that. Yeah, yeah I think, I don't think cool that's that. true, but yeah, 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 that's totally fine. You're, I'm a quizmaster, so yeah, yeah, I guess. That's the official definition of a pub. Yeah. Oh, but but back yeah, to sorry. what you're saying. I mean, <laughs> selling the selling the bar, selling the, the, the quizzes to the bars, I suppose, was difficult. So yeah, we don't have a tangible thing where we can yeah. say this is how much worth we are. We but what we can say is we can make it busier. And yeah. that's what kind of really kicked that into a higher gear was when Google started putting um, analytics on. Yeah, I and then you can see your 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 height, you know, of the nights. Yeah. We know that. Like our aim is always to compete with a weekend night because we only run Sundays to Wednesday, Thursdays, sorry. 
Um, so Fridays and Saturdays, obviously busy nights for bars naturally, yeah. so they don't need a quiz in there. Um, so what happens is we try and compete with those Fridays and Saturday nights for busy nights, you know? Um, and there's bars where we know we're getting pretty close yeah. to actually beating the, the figures from Fridays beating especially, um, which is great to yeah, see. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of that just comes down to how uh, the sort of little touches, and that's always been my sort of focus, especially from that sort of the master side of stuff. It became about those little touches that were the real key thing. Um, but a lot of that comes into proving to people that we can do that. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, what, what, what we like to do is make sure we do drop the price a lot at the start um, so we can prove that it's a, it's a worthwhile investment to, to use us. We, we would never say to people, like, it's going to grow really fast and yeah. get really busy really quickly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a progress. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So You need to grow a community, essentially, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And, we, and, you know, we say, we say that thing where it's like, well, we like to work with bars. Yeah. But in all, in all honesty, that's what I really do like yeah. working with. Because, you know, it's something I suppose I've not really touched on yet, how I grew up and what, where I'm at. People is my thing. Like, people has always been my thing. And I know a lot of people say I'm a people person, and they say it in a loud way that's quite annoying. Yeah. You're like, are you though? Like, because yeah. it sounds like you just like being seen by people. And that's not a people person to me. People for me is, I like people having a good time. Like, I like people, like, from playing rugby to, you know, whatever it was growing up in youth groups and stuff like that. I always wanted to be the person that helped everyone have the best time, you know, new games, new things, you know. From now I get older, it's drinking games and, <laughs> and I'm sort of learning a new, like, as soon as I find a new game, I have to be like, well, like everyone, let's like, play this amazing game that we all enjoy. And, you know, sometimes they're dud, sometimes they go for weeks and we play them forever, you know. And for me, that's, a, that's the most exciting part of, of, of life. And I suppose I do that kind of as a job as well. Yeah, no, that's amazing. To sort of create things that are people really enjoy as a, as a group. So, so I suppose I'm not really answering the question inside the bars, but I think what we did was we created a really solid reputation at the bars that we had, yeah. and then we would invite people along quite often to come and okay. see that yeah, and so how it works. It, yeah. As a customer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, bar people drink. So <laughs> I don't know if you ever noticed that, yeah. but bar, yeah. bar people <laughs> really yeah. drink. Yeah. So um, they often come to the quizzes and, and would see, and then they would go back to their own bar. Yeah, always get this, you know, sort of quiz that we really enjoyed. And then that would get us into other quizzes, yeah. other places. And quite often I'd walk in, see someone that had been at one of our quizzes, and be like, sweet, right, we're going to... We can them. Yeah, 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 have a connection straight away. That, was, yeah. that would really work quite nicely. So how, like, when you started the pub quiz, like, what was, when you started your first quiz at the Golf Tavern, what was kind of, like, the format? And then how have you refined that and, like, kind of put in all the different processes to, like, really refine the art sort of thing? Mm. So we, um, so first of all, we actually don't do the, the, the golf tavern quiz anymore. It's right. kind of gutting because we're like, um, we do love that venue, yeah. um, and it, you know, it's, it's the sort of home of where we started. But you know, it's, it's understandable. You yeah. know, I went away and we got other people in, so that was all good. But I mean, when we started the golf tavern, there'd been a, a few other quizzes before that that were mostly run by staff. I was the same as that, really, um, and it was. I think they did. I think they did a five-round quiz, and the, the music round was always run off the iPod of the manager. So it's just whatever music they had, and she was very into like her musicals and you know lots of Destiny's Child and Beyonce. You nice. know, so um, it was quite tight music rounds in that manner. But it was kind of just run off the format we did it before. So I sort of looked at what the format was before, sort of saw there was things in that, that I liked and things I didn't, and things that started working and started, and started not working. And I think that's when, uh, like I was saying before, you know. A lot of how I learn is things that don't work, instead of opposed to things that yeah. do so much. You know, it's easier to learn from something that doesn't. Work. Yeah, parts you can identify and then change. Exactly, and I think that's where I think too often people focus on the good parts and then say, "Oh, let's improve them," yeah. as opposed to taking away all the parts that are bad yeah, yeah. And, and just making a product that's actually or a service that's very like 
palatable overall, you know? And I think that's where um, we, I looked at sort of what we were doing on the night and what we were trying to achieve. And at the end of the day, we're trying to achieve people to spend more money. Mm. Um, you know, it's great to have a really good quiz. And yeah. I think that makes, like, that's priority number one. Yeah. Make sure the quiz is good, you know, people enjoy it. Um, but, you know, the actual ebb and flow of the night, the way it works, there's definitely things you can do which help people spend and help people, you know, enjoy it more. Um, I think quite early on, I realised that being a centre of attention is not what I wanted to be as a quiz host. Yeah. I wanted to very much be, a, like, facilitating a good night for people. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, could involve a bad joke, a corny pun, you know, whatever it is. But usually it would be solid, really good questions. Um, it's something that I sort of developed a knack for quite quickly mm-hmm. of learning what people would know and what yeah, they would yeah. know like that's not ridiculous but the amount of times people come up to me I, I mean this happens almost a daily basis you know the guys that work for me now it happens to them all the time because they write the questions more now um, but people will come up to you and be like I've got a great question for you and you're like okay <laughs> uh, and you know exactly what's coming and you're just like okay and they'll say something like what's the weight of the sun and it's like no, that's not a good question that's a great piece of trivia that yeah, you've got there yeah. and nobody knows that so a lot of people do know it but you know it's, it's not something that's accessible you know it's, it's, so I think so much focus came into having really solid questions um, knowing that our questions were going to be a really good way of working you know, not a good way of working but like a good accessible part of our, 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 our quizzes yeah. really and it sounds silly because that's the main yeah, content of the quiz yeah. but we definitely saw you know there was a gap in the market for just a solid like a good quiz I say solid and people mean that, I think that means hard yeah. but I mean just like a really good content quiz that, that people can get into and enjoy you know uh, and that's been a big focus I think and the kind of question writing process how well, I guess back in the day, was it just yourself and the yeah. other guy on board? Well, no, it was just me back just in you. the day. And they still look back, and I, like the team now, we have a little team of writers, yeah. and Louis, who is, I probably should introduce now, because what we're at now is, is you know, a fairly big team, you yeah. know, that, that run the quizzes. Louis is our operations manager. Um, I knew him actually from playing rugby at Napier. Cool. Um, and he came on board pretty early on. He's been with us almost three years, I think, now. Um, and he's just going strength to strength in, in what he does. He effectively runs the company these days yeah. and uh, for me he, he's spot on what he does so he leads the writing team writes most of the questions but they still look back at my questions sometimes and they'll be like what is this like, are all the old questions still there yeah we've got okay, them all stored all the way back to like 2011 okay. when I first did my first quiz and it's embarrassing sometimes yeah. look at the questions are there questions that kind of like outdate themselves yes that so you couldn't ask in 2018 they talk quite an interesting thing obviously they can't QI yeah, QI yeah, is okay, cool. one of my things but um they talk about it and see about like half-life of information. And yeah, so yeah, often you can yeah. ask a question where, or half-life knowledge, sometimes we'll call it. Um, if you ask a question, you know, you, you could ask a question like, how many planets are there? Yeah. And you could have done that before 2006, yeah. and nine would have been the right answer, and now it's eight. eight yeah. And there's, you know, a few dwarf planets, yeah. which is sad. Sad to say, Pluto. But that kind of thing we do have to be quite careful of, because if you want a question that has longevity to it, and you don't spend your time, like, constantly updating your questions, yeah. then... You know, and I mean, like when we've got over, I think we've got, I think we're close to seven, seven, eight thousand questions we've got in the bank now. Um, if you're having to update them constantly and, and go across that whole thing, so we do have systems to sort of work through that to make sure we do have current questions, but that are also easily changeable. So things like it's easier to ask a question about a film that's happened this year yeah. by saying this year as yeah. opposed to 2017 or 2018. Yeah. You know, um, so that's where we have to be quite careful. About this stuff. And also, there's there's a big thing about like we could ask a question about a fairly recent event 
uh, and it's really easy. And that, that kind of question will get a, a rating for us, you know, that we say, oh, actually, you know, 90% of people got this right. And then in two months' time, less than 50% of people yeah. get it right just because it's not current anymore. Yeah. Like, we could ask a question right now about, like, you know, Dale Winton passed yesterday, and, and, and that's, you know, sad. And we could ask a question about that, like, something about, yeah, about him and, and yeah. that. People get it really quickly because they've all just read yeah, right. little interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. we could ask, like, what show he presented yeah. when he was in his prime, and, and that would be, you know, Supermarket Sweep because it's one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. And um, people would know that straight away. That's where we have to be careful about how yeah, we do yeah, it. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, people would know it straight away. Yeah. Or even have any, you know, people forget. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Very yeah. Yeah. And also people things like people forget, like, this sounds, we do, we often do a, a review of the year rounds yeah. in the 20, like, at the start of the next year. People forget like what happened in the year instantly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, oh yeah. It's like you, yeah. we do a list of we do a death round for the morbid, um, and the death round people just forget that people died, and so the whole way through that round, we were just like, "What? He died!" Yeah. <laughs> and everyone just goes, "It's morbid." Yeah, it's a good round though. <laughs> That's interesting though, and I guess where we are now compared with kind of 2011, mm. people get more information now. Yeah, um, and. So have you noticed a difference in, like, are people smarter now than they were? I think... Or are, is the information, like, overpowering us? It's, I think, so much of the information that goes out... Because we obviously get the sort of phone warrior, yeah, people yeah, call uh, keyboard warriors, yeah. but we often get the kind of thing where it's like, we'll ask a question. I remember the one that I got the most grief with was... Uh, the only animal that um, hunts humans, okay. which is polar bears, yeah. will actively hunt a human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll take a scent and, and, and hunt it. And I had somebody really angry with me about that question, um, who because they say, you know, it, we invaded their environment, all this kind of thing. And so you get a lot more, like, people coming up and saying, well, I've seen this on my phone, and it'll be, like, an article from something. Okay. And we'll be kind of be like, that's not really, like, fact. It's not yeah, fact, yeah. that. But don't worry, you know. And we try... Yeah. yeah. We, 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 genuinely, we're in the age of fake news and yeah. people getting conjecture mixed up with fact, and that's where we struggle, you yeah, know, sometimes, because yeah. people will say... So we have to be... The, the main thing we have to do to combat that is be really tight with our questions. Yeah, so there's so, no loophole. Yeah. Exactly, because you could ask... You could ask, um, you know, where's Edinburgh Castle? Mm. Obviously, it's Edinburgh. That's a really silly one. But you know, yeah, like it's oh, got an objective answer. Yeah, yeah, but that's the problem. Is you could say Scotland, you could say the world, yeah, and that would okay. be that would be true. Okay. Um, uh, right, okay, okay, or you could say Castle Rock, yeah, and it yeah, still be true. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you said which city, yeah, obviously Edinburgh Castle is Edinburgh. But although that would be a really interesting question, because people would then go, like, are we double you know, double bluffed yeah, here? Double bluffed, you don't yeah. know it well. Obviously, yeah. asking that in Edinburgh is stupid. Yeah. But we you, we do that fairly regularly. Yeah. We, we play with people's information because we know how people are going to answer the questions. So we know that people. If you put, I remember once we did a really funny exercise where we put Germany as the answer three times in a row, and you could see people around the room being like, "Can't be the third time it's Germany yeah. in a row," and getting really suspect of the whole thing. But we don't do that too often because people get really distrusting of your questions. Then if you put trick questions in all the time, yeah. which people don't like trick questions, no, I'm re- sure. in generally, yeah, because um, nobody goes to the end. It's like, "Oh, you got me." They're like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's more of a "You got me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have to be quite careful about trick questions. Um, so we're really clear to be like, you know, if we mean when, we don't, we never really mean when. We mean what year or yeah. what month or you know how many. So years do you ago. kind of make sure that you always explicitly state what you're looking for, or, or do do you sometimes kind of leave that open? We know we're pretty tight on what we're looking for, we're, we're, especially for. Well, now we've got so many hosts. Uh, and you know we have marking guides and schedule, you know all this kind of thing and, and databases of answers. We want basically every question to have one answer. Yeah, yeah. You know, a sort of ambiguous answer is down to the host to decide what 
is the okay, answer. Okay, so they make the call on the right. Um, and, and we don't really do ambiguous. Yeah, like you do right or wrong. Questions. Yeah. yeah, like we, we kind of want, there's a, there is keywords that we want as the answer. Sometimes they'll have caveats where it's like, yeah. you know, you, you could have that in the French or whatever, or things like, you know, an obvious one is like eggplant, aubergine, you know, you could take yeah. both of them, that's no issue, you sure. know. But then it gets a little bit far-fetched and it's like, oh, this is the same thing as that. And people run up with their phones, it's like, actually, it's called this. Yeah. Had an argument with somebody at a quiz recently, a corporate thing, where it was, what was it, Inter Milan and International or something? It was okay. the, the two teams. Yeah, and yeah. it was always oh, actually called this. Yeah. And it's like, mm, and like, Louis is a big football fan. Yeah, so yeah, I, see, I was like, I trust Louis in this one. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... Uh, it's always there's always a debate to go on. There's always you know something that people have a, an issue with. But, but we approach it by saying that we always know in every question there'll always be someone cleverer than us or someone who knows more about that topic yeah. than us. And we're not going to sit here and say you know we've done a bit of research on the planets and now we're all yeah. experts on the yeah. planets. We very much are. You know there's going to be somebody there who knows about the planets um, and the stars better than we do. Does it ever get? Quite, I mean, it must get quite heated sometimes. It can, it can. Um, we, we've started receiving more emails about our questions, really? which I kind of love. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I think that is, you've made an impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love, people get quite kind of like bashful about emailing in, they're like, oh, sorry, you must get this all the time. And actually, we don't that often, yeah. but we know, we're starting to get if more. Yeah, I mean, to Goose's quizzes, yeah. email <laughs> after, challenge your story. Do you? Yeah, no, like, <laughs> we, I mean, the strength of the question. Because we do use our questions at different venues, yeah. and we spread them all out, so it makes sure that you don't get to go to like one, you know, one round and you go to the same round again. You know, it can happen. We try to make sure it doesn't, but we very much um, spread the questions differently depending on where the venue is and what they're best at. Because we do analyse our venues quite a lot. So um, the thing that happens is we, we sort of run it as a test quiz at certain venues that we know are solid, and so we know there's certain venues that will have you know loads of teams. We'll get a really good and understanding of how hard each question is. So we do percentage ratings for every question. Um, and then we can find out, you know, exactly what what's the, like, if there's a question that's too hard for some reason, it often will just be the wording of the question, you know, because we can reword the question, put in a slightly different piece of information. Hint almost in the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But give it a bit more context. Context is the yeah, thing yeah. that we call it. So it would be like saying which country as opposed to which European country, yeah. as opposed to which country beginning with I, you know? Yeah. And we can put in little bits like that where it just makes the question a little bit easier. But then we find conversely, or, 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 or adversely, uh, you can get um, situations where giving more information actually makes it harder. And, and that I really find that quite fascinating yeah. with questions. Yeah, I remember we spoke about this with the Germany. Yeah, example. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so, repeat that example. Yeah, it was so good. So yeah. we found that as a sort of test example, because we take all our information and say um, we take percentages back from every you know, marking system. So now we've got thirty-six quizzes a week. We can take a huge amount of information out of that and say we've got you know exactly percentage for each question. So a question like, say, the capital of Germany is fairly easy, and no one's going to sit there. Well. There is people that will sit and struggle with that, but we're talking it's like 96% it comes in at, or 97% I think it is at the moment, um, out of the teams that get that right. So then I was trying to prove a principle, which is the sort of it's a paradox of options, the options paradox, yeah. and uh, what, me, what happens is if we say, um, give them three options, and so we say, oh, is it, what's the capital of Germany? Is it Berlin, Munich, or Bonn, or wherever? You can say someone else random that we know is a capital at some other point. Yeah. Um, 
more people get that wrong. And so I think that goes slides down to about 86% at yeah. that point. So 10% harder is quite a serious jump. And that would, for us, yeah. go from a very easy question that we almost wouldn't use, because it's too high, yeah. uh, down to a sort of almost medium question. You know, anything sort of 80s and below is, is getting to quite a medium, medium to hard medium. question. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite a... Um, it's a science to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting seeing it, though. Yeah, uh, I mean... Uh, I would love to see the database, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's, it's so interesting. And we've kind of touched on the database, but mm. just to um, kind of, can you ex- like to kind of give more context? Can you like yeah. explain um, like the process on a night for one of your hosts? Yeah, absolutely. So I think something that I was chatting to a friend the other day about how we run our businesses and things, and how yeah. we you know employ people and and who is involved. Um, and I think one of the things is. You know, it's, it's hard as a business to sort of figure out sometimes who you're really serving. You know, um, sometimes it can feel like your uh, your taskmasters are people that pay, you, and that really should be the, it's quite simple for people who sell a product. Done. Whereas what we're doing is we're taking bars and saying that we want paid by the bar to entertain customers that we also engage with. Yeah, often for free. Exactly. All, all our quizzes are free. Actually, okay. we, don't, we don't charge any, any of them. Don't think the customer should really have to yeah. come in and pay for something that you know we can do for the bar and it's benefiting the bar. Yeah. We benefit the customers because they're coming in and enjoying the night. That's getting kicked back for the bar. Yeah. yeah. I don't really understand how people can charge for quizzes. It yeah, kind yeah. of confuses me. Um, but uh, we've got those two things: bar as a customer. Customers are our customer, but then for me, there's another part of that where the host is our customer as well, and we want to make sure it's as fun for them as possible as well. So we'll take all this, the, the hard work out of that. So myself and Louis and Scott, who's also our marketing kind of person in the, in the, in the office, um, the three of us work really hard to make sure that for the, the hosts, everything's kind of snag-free. Like, um, they can just turn up and have a night out themselves almost. Yeah. Pretty much, and, and that's what we want them to be kind of doing, you know, going along to the bars, enjoying their night, chilling out and enjoying it with the people that they probably wouldn't actually hang out with anyway. Yeah. So what all the hosts get is a bag that, that sort of is a quiz bag, you know, and, and it runs everything, well, it has everything in it that you need to run the quiz. Um, so they'll have every cable that you need for every bar, which makes it quite heavy. Um, they have like mixers, microphones, they have a laptop in there, you know, to, to, on the paper and pens. Yeah. Pens to a quiz host is like gold dust. If yeah, you steal our actually. pens, we can't run. Can I just make that clear again? <laughs> don't steal the pens. Yeah, if we don't, if we don't have pens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a real, uh, it's a real vein. I used to have a song that I sung that was uh, Amon. Um, what was it? The, um, I never remember which, you know, Eamon and Frankie had songs that went back and forth, okay. and one of them was uh, um, Fuck You Right Back, right. <laughs> and I think Eamon's was the original one, and I, I used to put in, I want my pens back, yeah. <laughs> I do want my pens back, so yeah, it becomes quite a, a sort of which host lose the most pens, nice. and now we're all quite good at, because you know if you run out of pens, you have a real problem on the night, yeah. so that's, people do that. But in, in the bags, it's pretty much flyers, paper, pens, you know, all the kind of stuff you need to, need to run quizzes. Um, and then for, for the host, they set up, plug into the sound system in the bars, uh, sort of, you know, 20 minutes before the quiz, get their music going. Usually our music, we try, we say to the host, just play whatever you want, yeah. right? We don't yeah. care what they, they but as long as it's not, you know, intensely inappropriate for the yeah. bar. We sort of say, monitor the, the level of the bar, yeah, you know, sure. and, and see Make the judgment based on as a person, as a customer. Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, we spend a lot of time making sure that, well, no, we don't spend a lot of time. We, we spend no time. We're just like, just play what you want and make sure it's not, because we can see what everyone else is playing as well. Oh, okay. Spotify, so we're like, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, but we, yeah, they just play what they want. And, and then our format is we have a marking system on the laptops that fires up, gives them all the answers to every question that we were running that night. Um, and then they run that. Um, and 
all the they hit we do five rounds, ten questions around. Always usually a music round and usually a film round, depending on the venue, because everyone knows something about film, everyone yeah. knows something about music, yeah. uh, and we can appropriate the, the, the sort of topics and the, the, the decades that we use uh-huh. to the right bar. Because there's certain bars we run that they don't like questions about things like cool runnings, which yeah. deeply upsets me. But because <laughs> I don't think we should run bar, we don't really run quiz <laughs> without a cool runnings question. I don't know what a quiz is. So yeah, they um, they it's quite the host is meant to be. As, as easy a process as possible for them. They have very li- like little on the actual night, apart from the setup, which is can be stressful, can actually be quite stressful. Because yeah. um, you know, everything you leave at any point, something will go wrong. You know, you think, oh, I know the sound system, and then it'll not work that night. So, yeah. um, they, they're really good at problem solving. The hosts. That's one of the, the key things we look for. We're never looking for like um, huge personalities and things like that. We're you know we're actually looking for new hosts at the moment. And it's one of these things where we get people constantly applying to us who are like, oh, I really love the sound of my own voice. And it's like, oh, really? cool, yeah. that's something we don't yeah. learn. Like, yeah. <laughs> we just want people who are approachable, easy, you know, and, um, and, and enjoy, like, enjoy helping others enjoy a night. That's what the main thing is, which we really look for. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, an interesting one for us. Yeah. I want to kind of keep this bit short because I mm. don't know if everyone's going to be as crazily interested in yeah, it as I yeah. was because following our discussion last week yeah. I've not stopped thinking about what you, you were saying about all this the kind of science of quizzing so yeah, please just explain it um, to everyone um, I found it wildly exciting and interesting the whole yeah. data side of it um, but yeah go for it yeah. so yeah as you know we could have to be quite careful about yep. what we talk too much about um, for a number of reasons, yeah. but uh, exciting reasons, which is, is, is you know for the future um, and maybe making me a bit, feel a bit more legitimate in my life. <laughs> so, but um, uh, I think one thing that, that made me realise at the start is what well, UX is my background, you know, user experience and, and how people use a service. Really, remember the old head of design at, at Napier turned around to me when we were drinking after the um, degree show one year, and he said that what you've really turned into is a service designer. And I actually looked at that and was like, yeah, actually, that's what I really feel like these days, is, is looking at something and how people use a service, and, and, and that's what we design. And as I sort of said at the start about the questions is our, is our biggest asset, you know, and how we, how we ask the questions and how the, what the question topics are and how we analyze the questions is really important. So we need to get feedback on that. And the feedback that we get is really on difficulty of how many people get them right. So it's a binary thing, really. Yeah. It's either right or wrong, and people get, you know, however many teams get a question right, we know how many teams get it wrong, we know. The data we can associate to say that is where we start to get a bit like, I have to be a bit cagey about what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. But um, it does mean that then, so say Louis, who arranges most of the quizzes, sometimes Scott does that. Yeah. Every so often I do it, but I'm basically held away from it now because they know I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um, but they can look and say, they want to get quizzes for people where, um, or we all want quizzes for people that it suits the teams that are there. Um, so if we've got a set of, of teams, say, you know, a different right, we're sitting in ACFA now, yeah. and we know with the ACFA lot, they have quite a good cultural base, so their film knowledge is really good usually. So we could ask a really good question about a, like a Coen Brothers film, yeah. and we know that most people will get that here. So we ask a really deep question about Fargo, okay. and they'll be like, yeah, we've got this. Yeah. Like, whereas we can go to like a, a less pop culture based bar, or, you know, favorable bar, 
and ask questions like that, and we'll get blank faces doing back, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is always a, you know what we're trying to avoid. Always, you know? yeah. So a lot of what we do is we pick up data to make sure that it's it's fitting the the, the, the teams right. Because I think a lot of people make a mistake when they're quiz hosts is thinking that it's about them. About them trying to. Yeah, like about the host. The lowest score. Yeah, make it really difficult. We see constantly the the, the battle that goes on with, not the battle, but like the the regular thing that happens when someone writes their own quiz and they'll tell us all the time, oh, I wrote a quiz once for our work colleagues. And they'll say, I looked up a load of things and I just asked all the questions that I didn't know the answer to. So it pains me going to other people's quizzes sometimes. Especially, like, I mean, there's some other really good quiz hosts around town and Mm -hmm. I would never sit and say, like, there's some really great hosts around and I love going to a lot of their quizzes they're, they're good guys and, and good guys and girls that, that run great quizzes but what I think a lot don't get is that really tough questions are kind of like they're, they're kind of there to sort of stroke the ego sometimes yeah. or often yeah. of the host rather than actually encourage people to have a better night um, you know I hear people asking questions like you know who won the 1920 or who scored the final goal of the 1922 like World Cup and things like that I don't even know there was a World Cup in 2022 because yeah. I don't know about football but um, like that's where you know for, for me that's more about the host than it is about the people yeah. um, and for me that was never a, there was never a, an option it was always about the people first uh, people coming to our quizzes and the people who want to come back to our quizzes you know and that's yeah. for me I mean we're going to a quiz for like a like a, a what do we call it, a networking event? Okay. And I was sitting there really awkwardly as the only person who ran a quiz company in this room and not running the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's looking at me. It's like it must be awesome this quiz. And yeah. I was like, these questions are impossible. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. I remember being asked. I know it now, and I remember it so clearly. Being asked, um, what is the name of Bill Clinton's cat? What was the name of oh, Bill right. Clinton's cat? And I was like, like looking around. I was like, Who yeah. would ever know that? Yeah, and yeah, that's niche. Yeah. Niche knowledge, yeah, and so that is where I class it. It's socks, by the way. But socks, <laughs> socks I think it was. Nice. I think it's socks. Current cat? Or no, I think it was the cat in the, in when the he was the president. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I think it was socks. Now I'm really worried that's not the answer. Just someone's going to be like writing it. to me straight away because so I think you'll actually find. <laughs> we hear that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'll find whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite uh, it's quite an awkward when we get that, but. Uh, yeah, trivia is different to yeah. a good quiz question. Good yeah. quiz question is something like my favorite quiz question of time. Didn't write it, got offline. So at the start, I was there's loads of big, really great sites for quiz questions. Yeah, but yeah. um, now we write our own, yeah. like almost exclusively. We, we write every question, yeah. so it's all content we create. Um, but you can't get intellectual property with questions, no, so we don't really bother yeah. with that because no one can say oh, I actually wrote the question. What's yeah. the capital of Germany? <laughs> so, um, so one of the favourite questions ever, and I say it to people all the time, is if you go due east from New York City, okay. what country would you hit? And it's not a trick question, I think, because trick questions are rubbish. But if you go due east from New York City, what country would you get to? I'm going to let that sit for a while, because I reckon I people who are listening, it's not, it's not. Because uh, people will be going oh, a little like bit upset. It's not, no, it's, uh, it's, like, it's, a, it's European. It's European? New York? Yeah, it's, it's a... It's 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 not. No, no. It's it's. Uh, I know. It's, I'll, yeah. We'll come back to it in a second. I'll, uh, but these kind of questions are things that. Netherlands. It's not. <laughs> this this, is, a, this is exactly what happens. It just, just derail conversations. I'm just going down the east coast, sort of. of uh, no. Yeah, the west coast of Europe, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know what is it. So it's Portugal, northern okay, Portugal, right, okay, cool, yeah. and you know sometimes people get that straight away, and and it amazes me. I think that's one of the most exciting things actually in running the quiz company is that. People will be so often to say, so quick to say, oh, they're cheating. Yeah. Um, and it's something actually that we know as hosts that, like, when I'm asking these kind of questions to people, a lot of times I ask that question to somebody and they'll get it straight away. Yeah, because people just know that, they've heard it before. Or, like, they'll just be able to, like, I've seen people work it out in their heads 
and they'll sit and be like, New York. And then it's cool. It's like Northern Portugal. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's the most crazy that thing. Crazy. And we're blown away by how yeah. clever and intelligent people yeah. are. But I think for a long time, and this touches back to what we do, for a long time, these people who are applied smart, so they're not yeah. trivia smart. Yes, okay, so it's got a purpose to it. Yeah. yeah, and so like, you're talking people who demographically usually are kind of like in professions like law or accountancy or doctors. We get huge amounts of those kind yeah, of yeah. Um, professions coming to our quizzes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not like necessarily really trivia smart, so they're not people who know things like, you know, what was the weight of the rugby team that won the Rugby World Cup in 2003, you know? They wouldn't know that, yeah. because, you know, but I know there's quizzes where you'd get that kind of question. People really love knowing that oh, kind yeah, of stuff, sure. and they train for it. It's more like University Challenge yeah. level, which is amazing. They should, they should learn that kind yeah. of stuff, and that's great. But what we go for is a lot more things like people, topics people know. So, so, like, I would say, like, Cool Runnings is a yeah, film. Yeah. It's like most people will have seen Cool Runnings in our demographic yeah. age range. And so we can ask quite a tough question about that, and people would still and they can get the answers. Kind of work it out, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so for us, that's more of a solid quiz question. It's like a really good uh, basis to it. It's got something to discuss, content. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. People will have a back and forth, you know, yeah. in, in their teams about it. Because yeah. we, we see it as really good for, like, from dates, like dates can go really well at quizzes because you sit and learn about the yeah. other person. Yeah, true. Um, and then all the way up to like teams of six, and that's gonna be quite a, a, a same thing. So yeah, it's quite a, it's a range. But the questions for us are, are always are the key, the key, yeah, the key yeah. yeah. So obviously, you guys are in a small business that like works with lots of other small businesses mm. and is an employer. Um, so I. How do you kind of think about your ethics as a company, and like, what is there like a bigger mission? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a fascinating question because it's something that we spend a lot of time. Well, I think I spent a lot of time at the start realizing that I was like, I, I did a job that I didn't enjoy that much, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that um, came to sort of the role I was in that I didn't enjoy, um, but also just the sort of appreciation that I got as part of that role sometimes was maybe less. Um, you know, uh, less than what I was expecting or maybe hoping for. Maybe that's just how the, the working world yeah. works. And if it is, I think that's a real shame, you know? Um, and I think that's what I learned from that point was that I never want to be in a company where other people that work for me or, or, or own a company where other people that work for me didn't want to come into work in the morning, didn't, would, would, be, would be wanting to do something else rather than doing what they're doing. And, uh, and I think that for me was, was a, a, big, a big change. I, I started... I'm going to be one of these people that says, I watched this really interesting TED Talk, so uh, <laughs> I actually have a few turtlenecks at home. So, um, no, it, it was... Uh, I watched some interesting TED Talks about added value, and that was always something that I went through university and, and, and was really keen on, is that we have this sort of value system that's very based on money. You know, people will do a, a horrid job yeah, for good money. And the amount of people that I hear, you know, slogging away at their work, not enjoying their job, but they get paid really good money. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, cool, that must be great for you that you yeah. really love majority of your time oh no wait you hate the majority of your time yeah. but you've got money to spend in this, this, this small part of your time yeah. outside of that yeah so it's interesting that yeah. I find that a really uh, converse thing to think about or, or, or converse isn't the right word but you know a weird thing to think about or a weird way of working your life is that you don't want to go into work and do the thing that you love doing you know so and I know it's not an option for lots of people yeah. and, I, and I think I'm very lucky that I've, I've been able to get to this age but luck and, and you know, oh, was it the, the, the golfer that said that you, the, it seems that the more you practice, the luckier it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I think that's exactly the same thing. The more you focus and figure out what you're trying to do, the better it's going to go. So with the company, when I started thinking about employing people, and especially now that we're properly like all set up and 
you know, I fell through so much of my how, how I worked at the start because I was just sort of like, oh, we'll do this, and then yeah. suddenly it all sort of snowballed and got bigger. I've had to sort of do a lot of backtracking now to make sure I'm, yeah. I'm working right and all within the within yeah. the, the sort of HMRC. They're, yeah. they're, they're great uh, fun. HMRC <laughs> are good fun. Yeah. yeah, I like the emails you get. From that. Yeah. Very yeah. The panic every single time. Yeah, but I mean that's that's where um, you know again some of these things where you take off the take off that stuff off people. Yeah. I'm quite happy to be that person that sits and slogs away with the admin and yeah. all the kind of things that are actually quite boring and work. Uh, and make sure that the stuff that people, other people are doing is a bit more interesting and more kind of engaging. Uh, like the hosting, I would say, is the sort of you know the bottom rung of what we're, we're you know where we're at. Um, I don't really like a hierarchy system in no, yeah. a company anyway. But you know, it's the, gr- the hosting is the kind of the, the minimal. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, they're the people that deliver what our service. Um, you know, we try and take everything that's that's hard, really, like really tough. Yeah away from them yeah. so is that like they can just focus on making whatever they're providing the service they're, they're doing great yeah. you know um, and for me that's a really without it being like with it being really slick that's our big thing for me it's always been about making it as professional looking as possible yeah. um, even though we're quite like haphazard sometimes yeah. but, <laughs> but I guess if, you, if you're the one that's started the company that you've made the decision so you um, have to be the one that ultimately does the most work yeah. I guess, yeah. So, yeah, that makes total sense. What you what you're saying about uh, making sure that you basically provide the platform for your hosts and everyone else in the business to do the best that they can. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, again, it's, it's although it's funny, I get weirdly anal about things like paper, like and flyers. Sure, yeah. It's like ne- I'd never ever hand out a flyer that is like torn or crumpled or anything. Okay, like that. yeah. Because that for me is like. Well, it's a representation of your kind of business standard, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it's the only thing we got physically. It's like from okay. exquisites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to be quite, uh, I'm like yeah, super tight with that. Yeah, the, the touch point. Really, yeah, it? yeah. It's the only thing we really give out. So I'm always like, it has to be, so we like boxes and everything for, for in our yeah. bags that are perfect for the, the, the flyers. So we don't have to, if I ever see people giving out a couple of flyers, I'm just like, oh, I would like, I would never pick up somebody on what they do in the mic or anything yeah, like yeah, that. I don't yeah. really care. You carry on, do whatever you want. Yeah. But they give out a crumple flyer, like, <laughs> what is that in your hand that you're giving out? Yeah. yeah, so I don't really get annoyed very often apart from flyers, but I'm weirdly anal about that stuff, so... Fair enough. I, mm-hmm. think, that's a, I think you're entitled to be... <laughs> um, you're, you're allowed to have something that's like you kind of... Your thing. Tearing paper yeah. is my thing. Because we, we, we tear line, line pieces of paper, okay, yeah. big packs of it. Yeah. And, uh, Just making sure it's straight. Yeah, I enforce that people have to tear it now because people used to cut it with scissors. Oh, yeah, that and it, it wasn't the right size. And yeah. I just, it would like, it would like kill me inside a little bit. And I would see people with like pieces of paper, like line paper that were bigger or smaller than the flyer. And I was just like, no, the flyers are A6. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> this is, yeah, I, I know. They, they tease me about it in the office about like how yeah, weird I am about it. But I am weird about it. So I, think that's I can deal with that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> And you, you're working, like I said at the start of that, like with, with a lot of other small businesses in Edinburgh. Mm. Um, my personal opinion is that Edinburgh's kind of small business and independent business environment has really come on a lot in the last... I mean, probably since 2011. Mm. In 2011, I was like in fourth year of school. So I think from there, it's... Um, like, I've been aware of it changing and like growing and really developing so like where, where do you kind of put it as as someone that's also um from Edinburgh originally which is um I don't I don't always meet a lot of people that are originally from Edinburgh these days yeah and um, apart from like school friends etc um, yeah so yeah what um what where do you kind of place it yeah I think 
I think I was always, I don't know why, but I was always quite reluctant to take any kind of business help. I think, for the most part, I didn't really think I had a business for a long time. I sort of just thought I was doing something that I enjoyed and it never was a business for me. Um, and I think that story is actually quite common for a lot of people. Yeah. They kind of did something they disliked doing and that turned into something they made money from, which then turned into their sort of main money maker yeah. and then that sort of became a business. And I think a lot of people are more focused on doing that. So I think there's a lot of really good setups for business, you know, um, growth, you know, uh, hatcheries, whatever you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these things around. And the amount of people that I see going through them and doing really amazing projects, really cool, like yeah. really good businesses. But I also think there's this drive with a lot of people in Edinburgh especially, um, but across Scotland, and, you know, and I do think it is uh, some of the, you know, through Glasgow you hear, a load of friends who, or a few friends, especially one friend who's running a great company up north um, that's uh, um, doing like outdoor adventures and, you know, gorge walking, kayaking yeah, yeah. kind of stuff, you know, amazing kind of pictures that come out of that. Yeah, sure, and, yeah. and, and that just seemed to be a real drive and passion. And I think a lot of it is this change. And, and like we touched upon earlier, you know, people go into this grind and slog and hard work for, for good money. You know, I think a lot of people are switching and saying, oh, actually, I can take these two things and marry them. You know, if somebody loves gluten-free bacon, gluten-free bake like, yeah, yeah. You know, if somebody loves you know whatever it is there's a, if there's a market for it you know that's great if you can create a market for it even better because you've got yourself a niche there. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what, where we fit in is that I loved you know people and people enjoying their nights especially in bars because I do quite like alcohol so like that for me was my niche you know it was, it was, I can find something that people in bars enjoy um, so let's deliver that and I think everyone a lot of people I speak to like you know there's awesome like I think one of the trends at the moment is bakeries that are yeah, like, kicking sounds, off yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're fascinating because yeah. they all have a niche that are interesting yeah. and people will talk about that to other people you know the gluten free stuff that's yeah, going on yeah. there's, there's really amazing gluten free bakeries around Edinburgh yeah. and the amount of times I hear people talking about oh they're doing amazing cheesecake or whatever yeah. it is you know, and you're like cool that's yeah. like <laughs> a worth a check out you know yeah. or you know the places that do colourful bagels things yeah, like yeah. that you know there'll always be something and I, I don't think that's gimmicky I think that's just someone has a real passion for something they found a good niche that's great you know yeah. uh, and I, I, I think there's an excitement and more acceptance of it especially as well because I think social pressure makes a big difference these because I definitely felt it when I was starting off and still my friends have a, like a, a bit of a I go at me every so often about talking about it too much but then it's hard not to yeah um, I, I agree I mean the last like few months I've found myself like really it's hard to not think about the business I'm sure for you like there's so many little parts of your business different parts of the service yeah. that can always be thought about um, I, I mean, for me, it's just always like, what if we tried this? <laughs> so this morning, I spent literally like an hour making one Instagram story, 15-second video. <laughs> okay. And I just wanted to show myself that I could do it yeah. um, and just see how it went. Um, but yeah, I'm sure for yourself, like, it's hard not to... It can't, yeah, I mean, so, so you mean like... It, well, so you're just always thinking about it and you're, yeah. there's always something else that you're like, what if we did this? Yeah. And then... I guess if you're working for someone else, then you have to raise that. But if you're working for yourself, you can just go and do it. Yeah. Well, we've been very, like, I always call it iterative design. You know, by design by, you know, keeping on every time something happens, we analyse it, we say, oh, what's happened there? And then we say, well, you know, what were the points, snagging points or friction that people want to call different things? The snagging points that happened there, well, let's remove them uh, and then work for the next one. And, I always want to be as flexible as possible, you know, in, in, in how we are as a quiz company. The great thing I think that's really 
is kind of lucky for us in some ways is that we hit a formula or a format quite early on that worked very well for bars and for the quizzes. We, there was a balance between the two things because obviously bars want people to be spending money as much as possible and we, we want to encourage it to be as regular as possible, not encouraging irresponsible drinking especially because I'd never want to see people basically at our quizzes getting absolutely hammered because there's, there's, not, there's not really a benefit to anyone that. Because no one's going to do that every week, week yeah, in, week yeah, out, and sure. if they are, there's a problem there. Yeah. You know, what we really want to see is people coming, enjoying the bar they like, you know. Uh, you know, we're talking in Aqua right now. It's a great little bar. You know, it's a big bar. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's a great bar. And people come to Aqua who enjoy Aqua. You know, people go to Lebowski's who enjoy Lebowski's. You know, they have a great like, Russian selection. Yeah. That's straight away yeah. a seller for them. Yeah. You know, people go to the different bars because there's a reason to go there. Sometimes it's location. Sometimes it's something the bar sells that's even that's better than everyone else. Sometimes it's just the atmosphere they create. And so often it's just about the people that have been there before. Yeah, yeah. Someone says... You know, they love the Hermitage down in Morningside and then they'll say, oh, we're going to the Hermitage because we like this bar and the service is good. Or, you know, they'll pick out something that's good about the bar. And so often it's about keeping things as simple as possible and just making it run nicely. Yeah. I kind of forgot the question because I got really into... I can't even remember. I don't think there really was a question, to be honest. It's fair. No, that, I'll um, probably go back to listen to that and be like, that was the question. Yeah, but, uh, no, absolutely. To be honest, I, this podcast is more about conversation than uh, yeah. question one. Although like, I'm sure you guys do a lot of questions. Yeah, I spend my life now, if I list anything, anything on the list, I will say question before okay. it. So okay. if I've got like one, I wouldn't just say one, I'll be like, question one, I mean one. <laughs> like, and I feel like an idiot, but it's my life. Yeah, so I can't, I can't get away from that. That's fair. Um, we kind of touched on it there. Um, <coughs> Pardon me. That's good. Um, and I know you're, through your work, and just personally, very interested in kind of bars and like the pub industry yeah um so what 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 is it for you as firstly as a customer and then as someone that is operating in that industry um as sort of a third party so you kind of have an interest in taking it what is yeah. it that makes like a, a a good bar obviously a lot of stuff is kind of just people just having a niche or like people like having that place that they go to regularly but what is it that um, say, for example, if someone was to come to Edinburgh for a weekend, what do you think kind of makes a good bar? So yeah, I I think so. Like, if it was people coming to Edinburgh for a weekend, I think is is a sort of different question, I suppose, to like a, a place that you like to go regularly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think on the on the people who come to, to a bar, like there's bars in Edinburgh which have really interesting features to them, really really amazing. Uh, drinks especially and the way they're made and the, and the customer service that is, is top notch um, but they often have a gimmick to them you know they're also often a, a gimmick that's there yep. which I don't think is wrong mm-hmm. and I, I don't think it's wrong at all especially people coming out of town gimmicks aren't gimmicks they're something unique that they're yeah, seeing them, unique, you know yeah. and that's amazing yeah, I guess um, the word gimmick is kind of a has negative yeah it's a bit of a dirty word but then I think niche is the other version of that yeah. Where it's sort of saying, you know, it's something that's different and unique and, and, and has a different kind of idea to it. Yeah. But, um, but, but gimmick, I think, sometimes is the right term for it. You know, yeah. people, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of, um, what's the word? There's a big push in the industry, the bar industry at the moment, for winning Bar of the Year awards. Oh, right, and okay. there's like, you know how there's films that come out that are Oscar bait? Yeah, you know? yeah. There's bars that do the exact the same Oscar thing. Film that the- yeah. yeah, and when you see them around, it's always like because it basically does its own marketing then. Yeah, so yeah. you do a bar that you push really hard. It's the flavor of the month, you know, the flavor of the year, obviously the year. Uh, the release, they open it at the right time of the year yeah. to win it. Same with Oscar baiting, uh, and then they win bar of the year, and and it works really well because yeah. that bar then establishes itself 
has got yeah, has cut, it's got customers going in all the time. Yeah. It works really, really well. But they often aren't the best bars, and, and that's the shame about it because it's very hard to sell substance like really solid substance yeah. over a gimmick, yeah. you know, over a niche, you know. Um, when actually what a lot of people are looking for is just really solid like you know people will tell you will rave about something interesting in a bar you know will rave about a really like I don't want to use examples because obviously I can just think of loads of examples around Edinburgh um, I'll, I'll use an example say from like where I was away in Budapest recently, yeah sure okay. uh, and that won't touch on anyone's won't ruin me for any other yeah. companies yeah. Um, but like uh, there was a VR bar, really interesting bar, and it had simulations, and they had about eight car racing simulators, and this awesome bar that was there, uh, and a few different games you could play, headsets and stuff like that, and a lot of retro games all around. It was an amazing bar, and we went there like twice in the time we were there for four days or five days, uh, and had an absolute riot. Turns out I'm not very good at driving supercars, <laughs> but that's an aside. Um, I did one two out of three games, yeah. so you know it's fine. Um, but. For me, people would talk about that as a niche, you know, in that bar. Yeah. And that's the thing that you do there, and it's an activity in the bar. And you do get that with a lot of bars in a sort of different manner. There's certain things you can do in that bar which are different, yeah. which is exciting. But uh, I think it's much harder to sell, like, just really solid bar, a really easy, consistent bar, you know? One that you can go in, there's no discount needed, there's no, you know, student whatever, yeah. you know, Parameter off for checking it and all this kind of stuff. Actually, what they're just doing is really good substance. So every time you go in, you're getting the same service. You know, you're going to enjoy your seats. You're going to the atmosphere that's created is good, and so then that's what they're selling on. And people rarely sell bars on that solid substance. They sell it on something you can put on top of it. Put, you know, put extra. Uh, and you know, even though we're talking about added value, that added value for me should be something like. You know, you are. You know, like one of the things that blows me away. So many bars that don't do it, or rarely any bars do it. Some free like nuts, or free yeah. pretzels, yeah. or something yeah. like that, put down in front of you, and that for me is a really easy thing to do. Costs zero, yeah. uh, like that doesn't cost relatively, zero, but relatively. like we're talking minimal. Minimal, yeah. And with the amount of people with extra people would drink yeah. in that situation, or eat, because as soon as you eat like a few pretzels, yeah. you're like, you know what I really do? Nachos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me, that that kind of thing in a bar would make because then the thing is. That, that, that kind of little gimmick, you know, as a, a sort of extra value thing, is something that I think is actually a really positive thing. Because then you say, oh, we're going down to, like we're walking down, say, Lodian Road or wherever, and there's a, there's a bar, you know, Bar X or whatever, and oh, Bar X, last time I was in there, they gave us some free nuts. And that's all it has to be said, yeah. and then we're going to Bar X, yeah. you know? And, and it's just a, it's a, a notion to go in, and it's positive. You know? It's a more substantial gimmick. Yeah, well, yeah. not gimmick, a more substantial extra something on top. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. kind of adds more to the evening than that, like, a quirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as we say, sort of money is the value that people put on things, and money is, is a good value eater, you know, for a lot of things. But it's not an experiential thing. An experiential is something where people feel sort of looked after, people feel wanted, and, and in the bar that they're in, they feel part of it. You know, it's something that we said, sort of drawing us back to the quiz study and stuff, it's something that we've said for a long time, is that we never want to run a quiz where anyone feels less part of it if they've not been there the week before, or been coming for a year, or been coming for the whole time the quiz has been on. We want people to be able to walk into the quiz and feel just as part of it. It's the first night versus their hundredth night of that quiz, you know? Uh, and it's something we really stick by because the people who are coming to our quizzes, you know, we do want people who are new and, and, and interesting and, and, and coming from different walks of life. Um, and we do get that. And I think that through, through running it that manner, that's the important part. Same with the bars. You know, I think it has the same ethos that if people are walking to a bar, if they've walked in there before, great. They know the staff, they know yeah. the people. That's really cool. If they haven't walked in there before, 
it should be the same feeling. It should be a similar kind of like, yeah, welcome, like yeah. come in. We want you to spend money here. And, and again, in my mind, that seems really simple, that really obvious thing. It's one of these converse things where you, I keep saying converse, and that's not the right word. Uh, one of these uh, odd things where um, paradox, I don't know if that's the right word either. I'm trying to use big words because we're yeah. in a podcast, so, you know. Um, but it's one of these things where, you know, you get bar people who complain about their jobs so, so much. And I'm always, like, often the, the host of Christmas yeah, yeah. get that the most. Yeah, yeah. And you feel kind of like, bad and I'm also like if you're not doing your job very well and like the, the main complaint you often get is hours are getting cut because the bar isn't busy yeah. versus they don't like doing their work yeah. and it's like you understand that these two things yeah, vary perfectly like as in if you're not enjoying doing the work people won't see, see that you're not enjoying yeah. it then that's not going to make a busy bar and they're going to have to cut your hours yeah. and that for me is just like well this marries extremely well <laughs> you, you kind of just discussing your own problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I see that a lot and, and it's one of these things where I think the staff is, is crucial oh, so yeah. always crucial. With everything. oh yeah I mean you get a good staff member in a bar and it'll make your, that bar totally different to you yeah, yeah. you think actually bars that you know people working in you'll go to them because oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, like no, yeah. well also because you're like maybe I'll get me a discount and that's, yeah. like, that's pretty solid but even at that it's like that's pretty exciting you know yeah, sure. and you feel welcomed and loved and um, the pint tastes better because you're like this pint is you know 20% off whatever and, and this feels even better um, but it's more because you know the people that are there you trust the bar you trust what they're doing yeah it's, 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 it's quite a big difference I like that excellent well firstly uh, thank you very much um, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, real pleasure. Um, secondly, uh, the story of how we met is that you listened to the first podcast with Robbie from Cairngorm yeah. and then sent me a really nice email um, which was quite touching and I was honestly <laughs> just a little bit shocked. I was like, oh my God, I got an email about the podcast and you just have to happen to also have a really cool business <laughs> yeah. and be a really nice guy. So. Thank you very much for sending that email it's real and um, for your time today. Um, I know you guys have got really exciting things coming up. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And I can't wait to see what you guys have got um, and how it goes yeah. in the next few years. Absolutely. So thank you very much. Um, before we go really quickly, actually, yep. I almost forgot because I've not done a podcast for a while. Oh, yeah. Is um, the, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you recommend someone to be on a future episode? I, I was thinking this because I obviously listen to the podcast yeah. and I, I really enjoy it. And everyone has this really thing at the end, like, oh, I've got loads of options. And I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I have any options, I really don't know. And then I started thinking about it, it's like, oh, I have loads and loads and loads of options that I would love to recommend. And I know that if people listen to this, about, oh, why do you not recommend me, whatever. <laughs> um, and, I, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. But I, I have two that I think I, right. I really like the thought of. Um, one is uh, the Post Electric Studio, okay. which is a, a recording studio down in... Um, down Constitution Street. Cool. Uh, it's run by some really interesting guys. Chris is who I know best. Um, but they, their story is fascinating. Like, I, I heard another day, and I just, I, I, I sat, and I spent my whole time just being like, I didn't have adjectives anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, this is awesome. Yeah, this yeah. is really awesome. Like, and then I felt like a child. Like, yeah. I'm just amazed by yeah. this awesomeness. Uh, so they are awesome, um, as, as I say. Uh, and the other is Wandering Whiskey. Um, it's a friend from, like, a snow sports background. Um, has started doing this like whiskey training courses around the world uh, well he's been travelling a lot doing it and fascinating work that he does uh, and we're actually looking at hopefully doing something together yeah, at some yeah, point because um, we like to be like quite classy with our whiskey you know so, yeah. yeah those two would be my Wandering Whiskey and, and Post Electric Studio would be my, my two amazing yeah nice one so Goose Andrew thank you very much real pleasure um, for 
the time yeah. and for your great recommendations and really interesting chat. Um, let's go and grab a drink outside before the sun goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and yeah, thank you very much. Excellent. Cheers, man. Cheers. Appreciate it. Goose's story fascinates me. The first time we met, we spoke for about four hours about his business, my business, Edinburgh, technology, and everything in between. Goose's background in user experience and design means that his pub quizzes are uniquely designed in a way that makes sure the customer has the best time possible. Through the years, he's built a customer experience that fades into the background, yet is still the glue that holds someone's night together. I find it so interesting and can't wait to speak to him more in the future. Goose and I got chatting when he emailed me saying that he'd enjoyed the first episode of the podcast that I'd ever done with Robbie from Cairngorm Coffee. Goose was the first person that wasn't just one of my friends that had commented on how they'd enjoyed the podcast and it meant a lot. Upon hearing his feedback, I had to meet him to thank him to find out more about what he did and get an episode recorded with him. If you're out there and have similar feedback, I would love to hear it. If you've got any constructive criticism, I'd also love to hear it. I want to make sure the podcast is as authentic and entertaining as it can be, and your feedback really helps that. As ever, thanks for listening, and thank you to Goose for his time, his help, and his chat. I've got some good episodes planned and coming up soon, which I hope to share with you in the next few weeks, so I'm sure it won't be too long before we catch up again soon. See you later.